Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for September the 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country. To do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. What are the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips? As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. The theater-style showdown between the Republicans and the Democrats continues, ladies and gentlemen. Yesterday, we had James Edwards on, the politicalcesspool.org, dear friend, great talk show host in his own right, author and more, political commentator. His website, uh, thepoliticalcesspool.org, award-winning talk radio every Saturday night live, and then during the week, on demand, at your fingertips. You can listen anytime that works for you, thepoliticalcesspool.org. Now, Hispanic Texans may be the largest demographic group new census data shows. I'm fine with that, except for if they're illegal. How many of them are illegal is the question nobody but me seems to be asking now i guess the illegals who were flown from massachusetts or flown to massachusetts are now filing a class action lawsuit against ron DeSantis and other florida officials in uh, i guess what they call federal court they say no human being should be used as a political pawn well, I agree people shouldn't be used as pawns, but I also don't know that I agree. How on earth do these illegals sue? They're illegally here, folks. Now, Democrats are belligerent, and they're claiming that DeSantis and Texas Governor Greg Abbott have engaged in human trafficking by sending groups of illegal aliens to other parts of the country. For months, Abbott has been busing... Um, illegals to Washington, D.C., to Chicago, uh, to other states, etc. Now, the problem is if DeSantis, Ducey, and Abbott are really guilty of human trafficking, what about all the other global countries that are allowing corridors for illegals to come through their countries, right? Guatemala, Honduras, whatever, all the way through Mexico, all the way to the... So are these other countries guilty? of human trafficking for allowing it to occur as well, for helping them, as far as we understand, these foreign countries are providing uh, busing and helping these illegals uh, to move to the next stage of their great migration. So are we going to internationally charge these other countries? And the next question that I would have is, hey, Joe Biden's been busing and flying illegals all around the country as well. Is he guilty of human trafficking? And the last question I would ask is all those folks on Martha's Vineyard that love illegals and call themselves a sanctuary city, but when they get illegals and they get people seeking sanctuary, um, they can't play ball and they literally kick them out using the National Guard to get it done. Are those folks that moved them from Martha's Vineyard or whatever it is, are they guilty of 
human trafficking as well because all they did was do what Ducey and Abbott and DeSantis are doing, which is when they land somewhere, move them somewhere else, somewhere else, somewhere else. Well, hey, the folks did that too. Are they guilty of human trafficking? Ron DeSantis says that all the illegal immigrants that were transported from Florida to Martha's Vineyard had to sign consent forms and were given maps and numbers regarding services they could obtain once they got to their destination location by choice after they signed a consent form. Uh, And so he provided all the sanctuary support that these places, these sanctuary cities, um, these cities backing illegal behavior and immigration like Martha's Vineyard, hey, he's just basically providing all that they claim to offer for them. Now, did Joe Biden get consent forms when he transferred illegals? Did Martha's Vineyard's National Guard and others who kicked them out of their location have consent forms? Did these international countries who bust them or moved them or aided them or what? Did they have consent forms like Ron did? Wow. Now there's an, uh, a Venezuelan illegal that just got into the United States who's speaking out boldly. And he says, hey, this mass migration will bring absolute chaos to the United States. He said, I want a bridge to somewhere else. I just came here to get a bridge elsewhere. But I believe it will bring chaos to the United States. Uh, Daily Caller field reporter George Ventura had the details. Now, the final statement this illegal makes is this chaos will make the United States collapse. Now, I don't agree with the Venezuelan illegal that it will make America collapse, but I do agree that it will create chaos and massive clash. The reason we have all these problems right now, ladies and gentlemen, is because we're allowing illegals to move about in our country, allowing illegals to sue elected representatives. We're allowing illegals to have more authority, more power, more um, legitimacy than we the people. You don't believe me? Texas Senator Ted Cruz highlights this point and says Joe Biden's border policies lead to modern-day human slavery. There are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of children who are basically physically and sexually assaulted by human traffickers. There are thousands upon thousands of women who are violently raped over and over again by human traffickers. And if you go to South Texas and meet with the ranchers, And the farmers, they will show you dead people on their property. How come no one cares about that? Videos are now showing that New Yorkers love illegals, uh, but not in their city. That's the problem, you see. And now these big, large companies that are laying off people in mass, they have vowed to hire over 22,000 what they call refugees. Now, while that's all going on, there's a Chinese takeover. The Chinese are buying up American farmland. Yes, now listen. State-sponsored Chinese Communist Party assets are buying up farmland all across the United States right next to our military bases. Do you find that a national security crisis? In 2010, for example, the Chinese owned $81 million worth of U.S. Farmland. Fast forward a decade to the 2020. Listen carefully. 
it's now $1.8 billion. Now, the central bank is expected to raise interest rates by three-quarters of a percent. Some thought it might even be one percent. It turned out to be three-quarters. We'll dig into that as the broadcast unfolds. While all this is happening in the United States, Fauci and Biden are not on the same page. Uh, Biden says the pandemic's over. Fauci doesn't believe him. So my question is, if we can just ignore the president of the United States and not believe what he says whenever we want to, if Fauci can do that, I can certainly do that, right? Or does Fauci have more, what, first-class status than I have? Am I like a second-class flyover citizen compared to Fauci? It sure looks like it because Fauci could just openly thumb his nose at and argue with the president. Who's peddling fake news, the president or Fauci? And who are we going to shut down, Fauci or Joe? All right, anyway, Gap will eliminate nearly 500 jobs joining others as they deal with the seasonal slump and the effects of out-of-control inflation. Not only are the gaps cuts are happening, but it's following a string of other companies that are involved in corporate layoffs across all sectors of the economy. 7-Eleven cut 880 jobs. They call them corporate employees. Online retailer, or online, uh, yeah, retailer Shopify, I guess is what you call it, Laid off around 1,000 employees. Walmart let go of 200 corporate employees. Ford announced plans to let go of nearly 2,000 what they call white-collar workers. Wow, that's huge. Goldman Sachs is even expected to fire around 500 employees this fall. Folks, people are focusing less on, um, you know, wants and more on their needs as they struggle. Inflation pressures are forcing folks to really think about what they spend their money on. That's all according to the Wall Street Journal. A panel now is recognizing, or recommending, I should say, a panel is now recommending a uh, anxiety screening for all Americans, including men, women, and children under 65 years old. Yeah, think about that. An anxiety screening for all Americans. The advisory group that made this proposal is called the U.S. US Preventative Services Task Force. And the panel is part of HHS, Health and Human Services. And they say they've been preparing this guidance since before the pandemic. What I find fascinating is what, what do you mean before the pandemic? They claim that because of the pandemic is the biggest reason they need this screening in the first place, it just proves that they're playing games, right? What is your ESG score? Do you even know? Huh? ESG stands for Environmental Social Governance. They've got an overview and a framework. It's just like the communist Chinese ESG scores. And ESG scores are social credit system systems that are designed to transform society. Yeah, we then talked about an article from Sidney Powell called Free Will and Free Speech highlighting that reality all right we got a whole lot more to cover in seconds i'm sam bushman this is liberty roundtable live
Come celebrate the supreme law of the land at Loving Liberty's Constitution Day Dinner. Have you ever asked yourself, what's so great about America? Find out with guest speakers Lawrence Reed from Atlanta and Jeff Uch from Tucson, Arizona. We will also be introducing our new podcast, Ask an Immigrant. Join us Saturday, September 17th at 7 p.m. Located at Liberty Hall, 3677 North 2000 West, Far West, Utah. Get your tickets today at lovingliberty.net. That's lovingliberty.net. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. All right, back with you live on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. So the final tidbit of yesterday, we talked about Trump's brash style and confrontational personality are at least as important as his politics. Tom Clintonstein wrote this article. He's chairman of what's called the Conservative Claremont Institute. It's a think tank, folks. And he highlights that, you know what, Trump really brought a lot of things forward. Trump showed us that we're in a war. And he smoked out the rats. <laughs> the media we now know is corrupt. The FBI we now know is corrupt. I agree with all that, but look, I used to give speeches before Donald ever even walked down the escalator talking about he who owns the media makes the rules, and the new media takes center stage. So, you know, hey, I've been on it as much as uh, Trump, if not even more, but certainly Trump brought it into the mainstream discussion, that's for sure. All right, without further ado, Brian Russ, Kelly Finnegan, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you much, Sam. Glad to be with you. Good to be here. Kelly, thank you, sir. All right, where's gold looking, Brian? Well, gold's down about fourteen dollars on the on the paper market of sixteen seventy five thirty. Sixteen seventy five thirty. Wow. Okay. I wonder how that's down. Sixteen seventy five thirty for gold, <laughs> silver. Uh, that's up two cents. Uh, Nineteen sixty five. Nineteen five five. Six five. Six five. Nineteen sixty five. Wow, sounds like the year we lost constitutional currency. <laughs> Almost. Brian? <laughs> yeah. There you go. 
All right. I find that interesting because inflation is taking its toll on everything but constitutional currency, Brian. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, there you go. Well, they want you to, I mean, look at the, as you, as you watch the paper market kind of do its peaks and valleys and all over the place, which is, uh, and, and even at the, the rates where we're looking at the numbers today and we're saying, well, that's, there's so much going on in the world. There's so much debt. There's so much paper fiat paper pushed out there and yet these metals just don't tend to do anything maybe it's just a maybe i need to get out of this it's not going anywhere that's the big spoof if you ask me i mean it's all right uh, you want to call a halt to the con game ladies and gentlemen just take possession of your gold and silver right brian that's it it's exactly right and it's getting harder and harder to get product i mean they're starting to you know people are starting to buy it in bulk and i mean what's that billionaires that she's gonna buy every year Tremendous amount. So, um, yeah. What do you say, Brian or uh, Kelly? If you want to call a halt to the con game, just take possession of the metal, right? Well, that's it too. But you know, the U.S. dollar is the only currency that gold and silver are down in. You know, if you want to look at Canadian dollars or euros, you know they're holding steady. So it's just this paper thing that we put out that everybody thinks is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Wow. So it's a lot harder to get metal now, Brian? Yeah, it's starting to tighten. Starting to tighten. I mean, why you would look, the heck why would that happen when it's all down? It's not even up. <laughs> That's right. Well, now they're they're painting rocks silver and you can you can get those. What? <laughs> get a silver yeah. rock? <laughs> they call it a moon rock, wouldn't they? That's the con game maybe. <laughs> Which is a think it's still available and it's pretty good. That you know, I you know you look at this silver eagles. I mean, that's this lady went in and bought all these silver eagles up, and so that you know, and we were wondering, well, how come the price of those aren't moving? Well, can't find them or can't get them. They're paying a lot more for them. It's funny how it all works. Supply demand. What do you say, Kelly? About, well, I was going to talk about Doctor Copper. Copper is the one that tells you what's going to happen, but. I saw a gentleman, he had a, an electric Porsche, and he went to the Porsche dealership to charge his car, and they're cutting the cords off of the chargers to spill the copper. So he couldn't even charge his car <laughs> at the dealership. So that's, that's the other thing with these electric cars, is people are going to start ripping into them to spill the wiring. Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. Right? You don't want that. Yeah. Well, it's a constru- construction. They need, you know, the construction, <laughs> you know, wire your house. You got to have copper, so you got to get it from somewhere. Uh, so where's People copper are... sitting, Brian? Uh, what is copper? I didn't write it. I can pull that it's up. It's about like 375 a pound right now, I, I think, last I saw. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. I'm not sure if that's good or bad. <laughs> right? It's Sounds inexpensive right now. Yeah. And it's doctor it 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 prophesies what the economy is gonna be in the about six months in the future. So it's down right now and it's kinda of shown this, but they're they're expecting it to really surge back up again. 
Well, everything's going to surge, ladies and gentlemen. Everything is going to get harder. There's no way they can avoid this. No matter how much they manipulate, they cannot manipulate their way uh, out of this one, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we call this the honest money report, because it really calls a halt to the con game uh, by reality. You can take possession of your gold and silver if you want to call a halt to the con game on the paper play. Uh, and if enough Americans did that, they would absolutely not be able to deliver, and that would prove the point, and it would instantly skyrocket. But now, yesterday, the Fed raised interest rates another three-quarters of a point. Some thought it would be a whole point, but it wasn't, just three-quarters. But that's a huge raise. A lot of times, they just go an eighth at a time or a quarter at a time. This is a massive three-quarters increase. Now, listen, but this is the third straight time in a row they've been doing this as well. And they're expecting sluggish growth now from 2023 through 2025. So imagine this. For the next two and a half years, they're already predicting sluggish growth, and they've intentionally made that happen. Now, they claim that the uh, average what interest rate today is 8.5%. That's what the government says. I want to talk about what it really is and the real effect of this continued interest rate hike manipulation uh, really is. The government says that the inflation rate is 8.5%. Kelly, do you know, what, what do you think it is? Oh, it's at least double that. Uh, and yes, they, sir. They said the three-quarter percent interest rate increase just added $2 trillion to our national debt. <laughs> Ouch. And that doesn't even uh, right. relate to the effect that it has on your family on a day-to-day reality check, right, Kelly? Oh, no. Yeah, that's that's just more money that we can't pay back. Brian, well, they've got to keep that that fire burning. So if they if they throw another <clears throat> couple trillion in there, you can keep that fire burning. Yeah, it burns pretty good. Throw that money on the fire. <clears throat> so <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it's 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 a zoo. I always like the fact that they report these you know things well. You know, modest growth or you know, spending production or job gains and all this. And, and yet it's it's realistically, I think people can see it. You know, is, is there job ga- gains? I thought Walmart and other companies were going to reduce their, you know, what Goldman Sachs as well were going to reduce their uh, um, working staff. So it seems like that's happening around the country. So, but hey. Things are looking good. Less less job market growth uh, or uh, people on needing work. I guess I I think it's a lie. But well, in think? this honest money report, ladies and gentlemen, your government says that inflation is eight point five percent. Kelly is spot on. It's at least double that. If you count inflation the same way they did, meaning the government did in nineteen eighty, it's actually closer to seventeen percent. Is the reality. Uh, that's very interesting, and I, I would say that's still even a bottom number. This inflation is out of control, and, you know, they can lie all they want to in the mainstream press, all the fat cats, all the elites, all the, you know, appointed bureaucrats and professional do-gooders everywhere can run around and lie to you. But they can only lie so far, uh, Brian, and the reason why is because at some point when you pull out your wallet and the rape begins, you start to realize they can say what they want, but I can feel it different. I look at cars, I look at food, I look at energy. These, they take out of their core inflationary rates, but those are the things that affect you and I the most. So we know they're playing games by the way they've changed the quotient that relates to the numbers they're quoting, Brian. Yeah, and we've talked about this in the past, 
they changed the game, right? They changed the the rules of the game, and so it makes you you know you start to look at this. But I think I think most people, you know, that are that are feeling this, all people that are feeling this, um, I guess, you know, they can see it. They it, it has nothing to do with what you tell us. You want us you tell us what you want us to hear, but that's not what we're seeing, and that's not what what's happening to me and my family. And so I think. I think the the only ones that are really kind of maybe blind to this are maybe these younger generation that are uh, living with mom and dad or or don't have don't have the bills or or live paycheck to pay whatever it is I don't know they can travel and all this other stuff and they don't have to pay in a sense they they're clueless to the fact of what's going on but family yeah we're we're getting hit hard hitting talk at your fingertips ladies and gentlemen I'm Sam Bushman inflation's over 17 percent folks. That's a reality check. We'll talk more about that in seconds with Russ Quinn and Gift. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Senior Israeli officials are reporting Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid in his speech at the UN General Assembly on Thursday will express his support for a two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Lapid will make clear that the establishment of a Palestinian state must have security arrangements for Israel. The current administration in the White House got inflation wrong, and it will be around for years as the Fed raised interest rates again for the fifth time this year. Brian Brenberg on Fox News is a professor of business and economics at King's College in Manhattan. Biden doesn't get it. You saw it on the 60 Minutes interview. He doesn't even admit that we've had an inflation spike because it means they're going to keep having the inclination to spend, spend, spend. The Fed's got to fight against that. It makes their job harder. It prolongs the pain if the administration keeps doing that. A Malaysian defense contractor nicknamed Fat Leonard, who orchestrated one of the largest bribery scandals in U.S. military history, has been arrested in Venezuela after fleeing San Diego, California before sentencing. Leonard Glenn Francis pled guilty in 2015 to offering prostitution services, luxury hotels, cigars, gourmet meals, and more than $500,000 in bribes to Navy officials and others to help his Singapore-based ship servicing company, Glenn Defense Marine Asia Limited. Inside the long list of health problems COVID lockdowns has had on the world is an increase in the number of girls experiencing abnormally early onset of puberty. Researchers from Ghazi University and Ankara City Hospital in Turkey are reporting LED screens for relatively short or long periods each day, finding those that bathed in the blue-tinged light for longer bouts showed the signs of maturity sooner than the rest. We are USA Radio News. This week on the Greenstock Journal, we're looking at public companies dedicated to environmentally friendly alternative energy sources. Blue Biofuels, trading under the symbol BIOF, has developed and patented a technology that can convert ordinary plant materials such as king grass, sugarcane, bagasse, and farm waste into sugars that are used to create ethanol and sustainable aviation fuels. Blue Biofuels does this in a CO2-neutral and environmentally friendly manner. With the Ukraine war leading to grain shortages and record high corn prices, Blue Biofuels offers an alternative to corn-based ethanol by using plant-based waste. There are limitations in the amount of corn available for fuel, whereas there is sufficient plant-based feedstock suitable for the BIOF process to replace half the fossil fuels used in the U.S. 
Technologies like blue biofuels could be the answer that brings about a biofuels revolution, producing billions of gallons a year, making green energy production finally a reality. Do your research now on BIOF. For more on this story, visit GreenStockJournal.com. This week on the Greenstock Journal. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Brian Rust, RustCreditGift.com, Kelly Finnegan, and Sam Bushman in the roundtable discussing the out-of-control inflation reality check. The government tries to tell you it's 8.5%, but if you look at the way the government calculated it in 1980, it's really 17%. They literally lie uh, and manipulate the, the true inflationary numbers because they change the game. Uh, and now the Fed raises interest rates by three-quarters of a percent. We're just starting to see the housing market turn around. It was a buyer's market big time, not it was a seller's market big time, and buyers were melting down. Every time you try to buy a house, you get outbid way even above the asking price. So it was a seller's market big time, but now that's all changing because you know what? You used to be able to buy a house, and your interest rate uh, for the last several years was like 2 3% kind of range. Now you're going to be paying 5 6 7%, and who knows how high it'll go. Um, it's going to absolutely chop a you know 25% to a third off housing prices alone well if you talk about energy through the roof you talk about housing now harder to borrow money harder to pay uh, the prices for homes home prices are going to tank the market's going to get sluggish they're already predicting sluggishness from 2023 to 2025 uh, and who knows beyond that number uh, they're really gearing up for a recession possibly even a depression if we're not very careful uh, let's start with you on that kelly well it's that <laughs> they're so far behind on things they're looking in the rearview mirror trying to drive and and all these economists that really know what's going on are like hey don't do this don't do this don't do this and they keep doing it because they don't know what to do that's that's the truth of it it's 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 it, i'd say it's comical but it's it's reality for us yeah, it's not very funny when it's hard for me to support my family, Brian. The other problem is we're starting to lay people off left and right as well. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be a, just another effect and another effect until they've just basically destroyed our um lives, I guess you should say, and and uh and 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 where do we go from here? I mean, do we do we look at other countries? Do we look at Venezuela? I mean, here's the third richest country in the world and look where they're at. Do we look at you know, and well, it's not going to happen here. It's, it, they're saying, well, it's not going to happen here. It's not going to. Well, it's already happened. Things that it's it's basically common sense, and and they have no common sense. They just keep doing one thing after another thing after another, and then they then they fight. I mean, you, you, these these uh, governors and so on. They send these people up to up to some of their parts of the country, and and they squawk and they ship them off to it. it, it they 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 battle with with an action, and instead of saying okay. We're saying we've got a real problem, and and you don't seem to be hearing it. You you band-aid this, band-aid this. You make a policy here. You raise taxes. You you're you're you know you the interest rates are going up. People can't buy. And there's it's a ripple effect. So what where where are we headed? I mean, it looks like a pretty good collapse to me. I mean, do we go back and look at, you know, what's the mo- what was the model city in the in the 60s? Was it Detroit? 
brought in this mayor. He he uh, turned that city upside down. And and uh, shoot, we don't have to look at Russia at socialism. Let's just go to Detroit. But anyway, is that where we're headed? <laughs> I don't know. I hope not. But I can see the writing on the wall. I can see this is not good at all, ladies and gentlemen. Where are we headed? What's it going to be like, do you think? Now, here's the problem that I have, Kelly. A lot of people just preach doom and gloom, and they pretend they can put timing to things. I agree we're right on the facts. But whenever we try to really, uh, in my mind, put, um, I don't know what you want to call it, timing on things or whatever else, it seems like we get schnookered. No doubt the fact is what we say is going to come true. But the question is how long, how bad, when they've been managed they've managed to manipulate this till the cows come home. Now a lot of people are saying, look, in a couple of days we're going to see something gnarly go down. I don't know if that's true. Uh, others are saying, you know what, there's going to be an October surprise right before the election. You know, I don't know if that's true either. Uh, do you got thoughts and a take on this, uh, Kelly? Well, all of the economists that I listen to, they're like, I can give you what the numbers are going to be, or I can give you a timeline, but I can't give you both. So you have to pick which so one. So say you that want. again, because that's really important. Well, I can give you a number of what how high or how low something's going to go, or I can tell you when something's going to happen, but I can't tell you how much it's going to affect things. So, but people want both, and it's like, you know, they can drag things off for years and years and years i mean you know you like to say you can go broke before you you pick the short but it's going to go down you know and but but they can drag it out longer so and, I, and i'd rather be a year early than a day short or late Boy, you know? uh, what do you say brian i i find that when people try to predict the details of this uh, is when they lose credibility because it, it doesn't come true when they say it does the timing's wrong, the dollars are wrong, the severity's wrong, the, you know, and the doom and gloom has got to go because the more you preach it, the more people just say, ah, oh, that was Chicken Little, it never happened, it's all bogus. Uh, you know, you put the, uh, you know, finger in the dike too long, the boy that cried wolf, whatever. Uh, you know, that's the problem with uh, some of this stuff when you look into uh, money. Brian? Well, that's exactly right. And, and I think Kelly, you know, he, he hit that. I think people are just fed up. I, I, I think people are just, you know, they keep saying this and saying this and doing this and doing that. Um, we can't come to any kind of agreement. Um, you know, I think it would be nice for us to be able to, um, all right, let's 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 look at this issue right here. Let's talk um, wisely together. Let's communicate together, not, you know, not beating each other on the head with a hammer, but let's just communicate here in council with us. And hey, if you if you made a mistake, I mean, what what would you know God's plan? If you made a mistake, let bring forth. Okay, hey, we we were wrong here, and admit we're wrong. Let's move forward together. And what made this country great? And yet it's we're pounding your head. You you did this, and we can prove the fact that you lied and cheated to us. But you don't want to hear it. And you, I mean, it's 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 so scrambled here. You can't make heads or tails. And I think American people are fed up. Let me let me throw in something else I just saw. It said out yes, of the uh, out of the 198 countries in the world, there's been civil unrest in 101 of those in the last nine months. They just had <laughs> yeah, 70,000 right. people in Prague, in Prague, 
do this. I mean, you, you know, people in England are paying more for a, a month's worth of heating than they did for a whole year last year. So we have yeah. we just barely seen. Wait till it gets cold. You know, wait till January and see what happens. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to point you to Biden's executive order. It's 14,067. So 141467. It increases surveillance of your financial transactions in just a few paragraphs. Our current president has set the stage for literal control for legal surveillance of all U.S. citizens, for complete control of all bank accounts and purchases, for the ability to crush free speech and silence opposing voices. What Democrats want to do is make the dollar absolutely obsolete. They want to do away with paper cash. All right? They want your bills to be no more valuable than teepee. What do they plan to replace cash with, you may ask? Well, that's a worthy question. Their end game is to replace real money with virtual cash. Do you want that uh, monetary system? With these digital tokens, ladies and gentlemen, the government will have the ability to monitor your, I don't know what you want to say, uh, your cash, your whatever, your, if it's virtual, is it your digital, your currency, your crypto, they'll be able to turn off your bank account with a touch of a button. They can also track and record every purchase that you make. This is completely different from online banking and nothing like the current crypto that you see today. In fact, it's like having spyware installed in your bank account tied directly to your government. Do you want to respond to this, Brian? Yeah, I, I think this has been, we've been talking about this for quite a while now that, you know, they want to become cashless. They want to be able to, you know, become, you know, move to this digital you know, network and 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 it's to me it, it's it's no more different than these cyber attacks and people trying to steal your your accounts from other countries or wherever they may be. They lie in some room and we can't ever detect it. They just broke into my bank and I, there was a big red flag. Da 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 da. And now I've lost all this money and it's that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to do the same. They're going to put a finger on it. They're going to wipe your, your accounts. They're going to say, you know, say you're a terrorist. They're going to, you don't agree. I, I'm not a fan. All right, hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Kelly Finnegan, Brian Rust, rustquettinggift.com, and yours truly on your radio. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us 
to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. Ladies and gentlemen, is the reality is that it's only a matter of time until they force us onto a digital currency. Their end game is to replace real money with cash that's virtual. All right? <laughs> the problem with that, folks, is it's completely different from online banking. Their end game is to replace real money with their fake money. Now, the problem is we've already got fake money. So I don't care if they get rid of the fiat dollar. It's bogus anyway. The problem is they're going to go from one bogus fiat to a more sinister bogus fiat. That's the problem. They want to do away with paper cash. Well, they wanted to do away with constitutional currency, and we let them. Now they want to do away with paper cash. Are you going to let them? What do they plan to replace cash with? They call them programmable digital tokens, also known as fed coin yeah is that the kind of system you want ladies and gentlemen all right they'll have the ability to monitor monitor your cash remotely they can turn off your bank account with a touch of a button they can also track and record every purchase you make brian this is completely different <laughs> from online banking and it's different from the crypto that we hear about today they allowed crypto to grow when you hear about it today because people believe it was kind of a bastion, a sign of freedom. But now they're going to have spyware installed in your bank account, malware that tracks your every move and reports it back to, quote, the powers that be. Do you want to respond to this, Brian? Yeah, it's a racket. It's the crock. You know, the icon that will pop up on my computer when I jump onto my bank site will be Biden's face. Right? Isn't that the icon pops up, Biden's uh, Fed coin with his face on it, and then I can transact my deals. So I always have to see that picture. Wow. That's very interesting. I don't like it. Kelly, what do you say? You're literally going to have well, spyware installed in your well, bank account, you know malware that tracks your every move, Kelly. And, and people will willingly take that. Because what they'll do is, like, if you've got a if you've got a tax return, say a thousand dollars, hey, you know what? If you'll uh, 
use this digital currency, we'll give you a thousand fifty back. Oh, I made fifty more dollars. Yeah, okay, I'll take that one. And and then they can go, hey, you know what? If you don't spend that within six months, we're going to take five percent out of your account. So there's no longer a reason to save for anything. We have to keep spending, and it'll just to stimulate the economy. It's a, it'll just be a consumer, totally consumer. Society. Hey, so, uh, yeah. Brian, are you feeling the warm and fuzzy, buddy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I am. Just because I just took a bite of this honey, uh, the honey man's uh, honey on my toast here. But yeah, I'm not. I, you know, I, I just don't like it's. It's one more thing. You know, how about we just get back to the basics? How about we go back to constitutional money and get back to the basics? You know, get back uh, balance our budget. Let's have, how about we have the government balance their budget and get to where they're not spending all of our money recklessly and uh, just and, and get back to common sense where we can work together, accomplish what we need to, and make this country great again. Instead of coming up with these ideas and these ideas, it's more and more control. Every next step is one more, what is it, Satan slowly leading us down to hell, and that's kind of what I, what I see with all these ideas of this pathetic agenda that they're pushing all right ladies and gentlemen there you have it do you want to call a halt to their con game if so take possession of your gold and silver and ladies and gentlemen you know we um really um made a huge mistake when we allowed them to jettison constitutional currency you know andrew jackson back in the day called a halt to their con game when they tried it under his watch and god bless him for it we were not as wise and uh, you know what? It's been 50 years, basically, approximately, since they um, took us off the constitutional currency, gold and silver standard. And look what a train wreck it's been. Now, you would say, oh, there's been prosperity, Sam. It's been incredible. No, it's all false prosperity, folks. The reality is it's been a disaster. Uh, and it's getting worse. And the debt is going through the roof. Going through the roof. Uh, Brian, do you want to respond to that? What will the debt look like in 20 years? Well, I think they don't care. They just kind of are going to wipe it away with uh, – I mean, it keeps growing and growing, like we, we said. I mean, it's just the death of our you know, our money system. Uh, but, uh, you know, I look at this digital and so on. That's exactly what's happening with all these cyber people out there trying to steal our money now. I mean, it's all done on this little black screen I'm looking at and so on. And if I don't have, you know, protection, I guess, and so on, and even then, you know, you – I remember I had to go to one of my banks and I said, well, you know, I made a deposit of $18,000 and you don't show it at all. Well, we got no record of that. What do you mean? You know, what, what, you know, you know, on the computer, we're not seeing any of that. Okay. Well, so now I got to go show them a hard copy. Oh, I guess. Yeah, there was a glitch. I don't know what happened, but yeah, I, I don't like the game. So, so I don't like that game. And I, you know, the death, the death of our society as we, we know it. And, and even, even being free, we say we're free, but are we really free? I mean, are they, you know, is it more and more push with the thumb down and hold you down? You can't do this. You buy here, you live here. We're taking your house. You move here. And this, I, I, it's just one more thing. So yeah, I think the people are upset. I'm upset. <laughs> it's only a matter of time, ladies and gentlemen. The reality is it's only a matter of time until, Hey, Americans are forced to use digital currencies, and the problem that I have with the whole thing is they're going to back this into this ESG thing, environmental social governance. They're going to put that score to it, and uh, your access to your, quote, digital whatever, what do they call this thing, Fed coin? 
uh, is going to relate to your ESG score. You know, if you're a bad citizen, uh, you know, um, well, you can get your money back if you comply. If you go ahead and, you know, <laughs> mind your P's and Q's, behave in a, in a normal sense. We can't be having you peddling fake news on the radio. We can't be having you believe in that whacked out constitutional currency or talking about God or anything like that, Kelly. That's a, that's a digital currency no-no, brother. Well, what's going to happen is they're going to create a shadow economy. There's going to be an underground black market that's going to happen when they do this. And you mentioned Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson, one of the last things he said was, I killed it. And he meant the, the, the Bank of the United States. That was his big thing. I can't believe he's been on the $20 bill as long as he has because he, he stood up to the government. And now they're trying to get him off, you know, put Harriet Tubman on there. We got to get Andrew Jackson off of there. And yeah, but he, he's, he's a hero, you know, might not have liked him as a person, you know, he was pretty rough, but boy, he, he knew where it was all at. And so, yeah, they're, they're just going to make a, 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 everybody be a criminal. Yeah. He was rough, but he was at least in defense of what was right. These people are rough. But they lie to you. They walk around in suits and they have nice platitudes. But when it comes down to you accessing your Fed coin, if you don't have a proper ESG score or if you're somehow not on the right side of things, um, you know, the FBI, the Justice Department, the CIA and the Federal Reserve Justice Department in tow, um, along with uh, what? The um, oh, what do they call the people that make the money these days, the the print the coin or mint the coin and all that the treasury treasury in tow right um what what's gonna happen then though so you know these people appear to be nice but they're as rough as it gets when your children don't have food the government says well you better work on your esg score well and it's funny everybody listens to the federal reserve and the federal reserve is not a government agency it's it's they put the words federal and reserve in there to give it some credence, but it's it's an ex, it's a private, you know, all these banks are private companies. Wow. Do you want to comment, Brian? It, it's hard to even fathom this, but it's upon us, my friend. <laughs> it's upon us. We're seeing more and more. And I think, I think people are getting fed up. I, I just, like you said, you know, I, I, I think, you know, we're, we're, we're nervous in the fact of the control system situation i mean we we've seen what happens when these parents want to go in and fight for their kids rights and what they're going to teach their children we've seen of those people that you know we we have the right to own and 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 have a gun and and this not because we most people aren't out there on the streets killing people we should have the right to gun but but now hey maybe if, if we're part of the nra i guess they could really tap into that well if you're nra we can't really give you we're going to have to watch your accounts. This is going to, I mean, we're going to have to lock you down. You're terrorists now. You're, there's just, it's, it's out of control, out of control. Yeah. The problem with you, uh, Brian, is you won't participate in the latest drag show, buddy. I don't know what's <laughs> right. wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you got to get on this, man. He looks good in a dress. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yeah. There you go. That's, that's going to look good as, as I believe in God, so I serve and and I sit on the stand right now, and that that ought to look good. Maybe I should have wear a dress and sit up on the stand and conduct the meeting. Is that that kind of where we need to be? Please no. I don't think so. 
I don't think Please so. Please no, ladies and gentlemen. Only if he shaves yeah. his legs. Now, Kelly, that might be a different story. <laughs> but, Brian, come on now. Folks, this is what we're talking about. Look, we are just uh, – how this could go so far in America, how we can go from a constitutional uh, republic based on the checks and balances and the proper role of limited government and common sense and morality and decency and a religious um, vein through the country and – and now we've literally just absolutely gone off the cliff. I mean, every discussion, you can't even believe you're really having this discussion. Are we really talking about the government controlling our money to the point where they won't allow you to conduct any transaction? Are we really talking about, you know, this cross-dressing and drag stuff? I mean, are we really having these discussions? And the sad part is, you are. You try to pinch yourself or something to wake up. Man, you're in this thing. It's like a bad dream gone psychotic reality. Kelly? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, every every week you think, this can't get any worse. And then they do something, and it's like, wow, who came up with that idea? Like, how do, how do they keep <laughs> doing this? Like, who, who is so warped they're coming up with these things? And people are following along with it. That's the thing I think that's most disheartening about it. We're, we're starting to see a division in the people and, and you know, we're, we're separating the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. That's hey, true, I, but a house I, divided I, against itself surely cannot stand Brian. There you go. I, I had an interesting thing. I talked to my neighbor here the other day and, and I was shocked to hear that his company is still building the wall. So they've contracted with them and they're still building this wall. You don't hear anything about it. I'm sure that they don't want Trump to have any, any, uh, limelight here but i guess the government's still paying in fact they are he's told me that uh, they're paying their company to build this wall and they've been doing it for a little while now joe's building trump's wall (laughs) yeah that's right i was shocked but yeah yeah there you have it folks wow (laughs) maybe there's a line for that update that's that's important (laughs) biden's building trump's wall wow thanks kelly Thanks, Brian. Hey, you bet. Thank you, Sam. Good job. RussQuentinGift.com, ladies and gentlemen. Get your constitutional currency today. And Biden continues to build Trump's wall. Isn't that fascinating? All right. Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for September 22nd in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our two of two, and our goal always to protect life, 
liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America as our guide. We're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by our founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, finally, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Have I got a fantastic guest today? Absolutely. Star-studded guests just seem to keep coming on your radio. We now have Richard C. Lyons with us. And he's a multi-award-winning author. He's a political commentator. Uh, he's an author. He's a poet. He's a speaker. His website's richardclyons.com. And he just wrote a new book called Shadows of the Acropolis. Richard, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thanks for the kind introduction. All right. There's so much to talk about, so little time. Let's kick it off. You know, politics have become so deeply polarized in America today. It's almost like they just talk past each other. They don't have the same terms. We can't even sit down and have a decent conversation without personal attacks and assaults or outright dismission or threatening whichever side we disagree with should be arrested or somehow uh, they're guilty of fake news so they shouldn't even be considered. Um, people feel unrepresented. People just feel disenfranchised. People just feel like they're, it's not the old America we know. Richard? I, I think, you know, Sam, I'm, I'm right there with you. And a number of years ago, I was feeling like you do and like a lot of Americans do now because we're coming to a really an apex of, of what I call a series of symptoms that are all the same disease. And it is, you know, it is the case that we're not being represented. And I'll, I'll give a case of that. Uh, during Obama's presidency, uh, over 20,000 rules were passed by agencies that have the effect of laws so that in Wyoming, you couldn't ranch. You couldn't uh, operate your ranch as you wish to. The federal government gets between you and your ranch. Um, paradoxically, during that same time in Obama's administration, the legislature passed just a little over 400 laws. So it's, it's rather cockeyed when the people's representatives pass so few laws, yet the administrative state passes massive amounts of laws we know nothing about. And I think that's why we're all a little frustrated. Not only do we know nothing about them, oftentimes they even mock us and say, you got to wait till we pass it to see what's in it. I mean, they're that blatant in their abuse. And, you know, and the funny thing is, they say that when they themselves haven't even read it. I mean, it's, it's really hypocritical. It's, you know, they pass these thousands of pages, large laws that have within them a million rules that are administrated through the administrative state, through the agencies, and then they create more rules based on those rules. And so we never see the intricacies. We're, we're never sure what we're voting for. Um, and this is all, you know, these are symptoms of the centralization of power in one place in America into which uh, normal people like we have no voice. Where do we go from here? When we think about this, you know, people are such at odds. Um, you know, people feel like they're no longer represented. People feel like it doesn't matter who's in charge, what power, what party, what 
You know, the nation's so politically divided. It feels that way. Every aspect, it's that way. People are so polarized. They speak, uh, they look at the same facts in the news. They speak of, quote, different truths. It's a matter of name-calling, persecutions of one another, outright mockery. Citizens are looking for intrigue, violence, everything else to carry the ball for their agenda. Um, Why and what do we do about it? Well, these again, Sam, I think are are symptoms of, of a problem in America. So much power has been stowed in the single office of the president because that office controls all the agencies in government. There are now over 400 agencies, all of them creating rules, all of them having their territories. So there's, you know, there's a country within the government. They all have their own agenda and it's not always our agenda. And so whenever any president is elected, half the country is automatically feeling unrepresented, right? Because if you're a Republican and a Democrat is elected, you don't feel represented in, in most of the rulemaking agencies. And so this is where our problem is. And I, I think as a citizen, um, having gone through two books now on this subject, we have to go back to a system of diffused powers, of states having you know, states' rights again, of families having rights to being a family and making decisions for the family, of individuals having self-reliance, and everybody participating more at the local level in government and state level. And we need to just dispossess Washington of all this concentrated power that they have accumulated. Now, that would take generations dedicated to one idea, and that is the supremacy of our common liberty as above any other consideration. Do you think there's a way back? Can we undo um, and return to the civility of yesterday? We may not have unity as, as um, you know, Joe Biden claimed at the start of his administration. He wanted unity. Now he's given one of the most divisive speeches ever delivered from a president of the United States. I'm not really yeah. calling for unity. I'm calling more for civility because we can agree and we can disagree, but we can do so agreeably. We can still be kind and respectful and decent uh, to one another uh, and sit down at the table of discussion. If we do that, I think we've got a way forward. If we simply, though, are not even able to sit down at the table of discussion, I think it all starts with civility, sir. Yeah, I, I, I think you're exactly right. I think it also takes a fundamental understanding of how our country started and how it has changed since 1900. And so I devoted years to that subject because we actually now have two different governments occupying the same space, like we are, two different countries occupying the same space. We have a representative government that was founded with the founding, and we have the administrative state government, which is diametrically opposed to constitutional uh, arrangements. Uh, It's based on Frederick Hegel's philosophy of the ideal German state, in fact. Um, You know, legislation through administration, not through representation. So if, if persons get an understanding, well, which Country, what, what kind of country do you want? Do you want a socialist country where one in a few people determine all the laws that you have to live by, which is the, the arrangement of the administrative state? Or do you want your representative in your town and your state to represent you and your people in Washington and legislate uh, and be legislators, real legislators, not just a complaint department? 
I think the discussion really needs to go to the modern manipulation of what we have. Everybody wants to run around and defend and protect and promote a democracy. Look, ladies and gentlemen, our founding fathers warned us against a democracy. Yes, do we have democratic principles in our constitutional republic? Yes, we do. We have a lot of principles from a lot of different uh, systems. It was a grand experiment by the founding fathers. But we have a constitutional republic, not a democracy. I know that sounds like playing with words, but I think there's more to it than that. Richard? Um, I went to this subject in, in my first volume of this series called The DNA of Democracy. And our nation was brilliantly formed in that local governance is supposed to be in the fashion of the Athenian democracy, wherein everybody has a vote in the town council, right? Everybody who shows up gets a vote. At the state level and federal level, that's more a representative government, of course, and that's based on the Roman Republic and how they fashion their government. So um, we, we actually, the way we were founded is a, is a series of types of government. And then at the, at the federal level, it's based on the Iroquois uh, Confederation, where the states have certain rights and individuals have certain rights. And in their configuration, the individual was supreme and the, the uh, government, the least government was the best government. And that was taken by our colonists as being sort of a sacred wish. And that's why I think our founders called it a grand experiment. They said, you have a republic if you can keep it. They understood there was elements of a democracy or elements of of that. Uh, They also understood there was elements of a lot of things, the rule of law, uh, the separation of powers vertically and horizontally. In other words, the checks and balances. They put together these unique forms of government. We have a piece of democracy in our republic, but we're not a pure democracy. We never have been and we never will be. At least I pray not. Uh, And our founders understood this, and that's why they said it was this grand experiment, because they said, can we blend all these different styles of government together in a meaningful way? Can we chain people down with the Constitution? Can we separate powers vertically and horizontally and keep all these people in their silos where they have legitimate authority that's been properly delegated by the consent of the governed? Can we do this but yet keep it on the rails? Can Can we walk this fine line between... Uh, liberty and tyranny in a meaningful way and can we use these principles and they came back and said only if the people are moral religious and educated correct in other words you got to understand the principles and you got to live a life that's self-governed enough for it to work richard when we get back we'll have you respond to that ladies and gentlemen we're talking to richard c lyons all right he's a political commentator he's a multi-award winning author he's a uh, he's written several books his latest, Shadows of the Acropolis. He'll answer my question, and we'll talk about his book in seconds on your radio. There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. The 2020 elections were one of the most corrupt in history. See the proof for yourself. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. 2,000 mules, a shocking new movie from Dinesh D'Souza. One mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. 2,000 mules. Join the special virtual premiere and Q&A on May 7th. Get your tickets now. Available only at 2000mules.com. 2000mules.com. Sponsored by Salem Media Group. 
Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. The CDC just reported that 7,218 people died after receiving a COVID-19 shot. Granted, vaccines are a complicated concoction of chemicals, and as with any medical experiment, it can take a long time to get it right. This is not the first time people have been hurt when vaccinated. What is different this time, and so concerning, is the reaction to these death numbers. Let me explain. In 1976, the government vaccinated 45 million people for swine flu. A total of 53 people died after getting that shot, and the U.S. government immediately halted the vaccination program. Why? Because authorities decided it was too much of a risk. Why would they halt the program back then for 53 deaths, but now, with over 7,000 deaths, they are using every method possible to force it on you? In fact, now the health authorities are using their power to silence anyone who dares to question the COVID vaccination. Why? Why is anyone that questions COVID silenced? Even doctors are being censored. What's up with that? Paid for by Evan Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. We celebrated Constitution Day, September the 17th. I hope you celebrated the day the greatest country on the face of the earth was born and the revere the supreme law the land the document that really uh we celebrate that day richardclyons.com is the website for our award-winning guest he wrote a book his newest book shadows of the acropolis we'll get that in just a second but before that i had kind of come back and said hey the founders understood we all these pieces of different government and they used all these provisions to separate power, to divide, to make sure that we, the people um, who gave our just authority, our power to government, government derives its power, its authority from the consent of the governed. That's the constitutional republic we built. And the founders understood there was a lot of pieces to the pie here. There was a lot of checks and balances and limiting. And they also understood that the people must be educated, moral, and religious, or they'd flat out lose it. They clearly said that. Now that we seem to be jettisoning the education part, uh, jettisoning the religion and the moral, the morality part, we seem to be in trouble, Richard. Uh, yes, I agree, Sam. And you hit the nail on the head uh, when you said that the Constitution was a means of, of separating power. Power was actually diffused in such a manner that the government was kept away from the normal individual. The government in 1900 that you were dealt with least was the federal government. You, you dealt first with your local government, then your state government. And if there was a war, you got a, you got a note from the federal government to, to sign up. Other than that, you didn't hear much from the federal government. Now, that has become inverted in 100 years, where practically there is nothing you can do without the, the acceptance of the federal government, such as Let's take the half a trillion dollars of student loan debt that is now being transferred onto blue-collar workers. The, the federal government has now 100% control of that uh, mortgage market for student loans. And, and that would have never been conceived of 100 years ago. 
So every family in America, in order for their child to go to university, has to apply uh, through the federal government for the funding. Uh, I submit to you that's criminal, though. The president of the United States has no authority to forgive debt. I agree. Uh, He's not in charge of the budget. That's a congressional responsibility, primarily uh, relating to originating in the House if it comes to spending. Exactly so. So it's another symptom of what's wrong. Um, that, you know, that the administrative state and the presidency has become so strong that they think they can just slap around the legislature without any uh, repercussion. It's a symptom of what's wrong. All right. Do you think we can bring it back? Do you have hope for the future? Well, again, I, you know, Sam, you're there, and there are a lot of Americans uh, who, if they understood what the problem is, that our government has changed so fundamentally over the past hundred years, there's a decision to be made by every one of us, whether we want a representative government where the individual is the sovereign, or we want an administrative state that's socialist, where the state is sovereign over the individual. We're at a critical why in the road, and it's the reason why I wrote these couple of books. Ladies and gentlemen, do you want a constitutional republic, or do you want a pure democracy is really the real question. All right, your latest book is called Shadows of the Acropolis. What does that mean, uh, and how does that help us today? Well, I conceived of it as, you know, the first, the first real democracy was in Athens, and it was, it was created on a plateau which it was called the Acropolis. And upon the Acropolis, everything was debated uh, among the people of Athens. And an equal light shone on every person on the plateau. There was nothing to, to bring shade or shadow. And every democracy since that time has been measured by the democracy of Athens. And I conceive of it as whenever you're falling away from that example, you're falling away from the light and into the shadows, as we have done. All right, let's give a, a, a wrap-up. Uh, if people read the book, what are they going to come away with? Uh, well, there's, there's two volumes. The first is DNA of Democracy. That will tell you all the elements that comprise our uh, government up to 1900 and the virtues thereof and the history of democracy up to that point in the world. The second volume is Shadows of the Acropolis, and it, it details in detail in a in a narrative sort of way, episodically, our fall away from that uh, virtue of democracy and representative government. Yeah, and it's important not to use the word democracy all by itself because it really isn't the kind of government we have. People debate me on this, and I just ask them to pledge allegiance, and pretty soon they come aboard to the point that I'm making. <laughs> I don't de- well, deny that we have democratic principles in our in our government. Yeah. We have a lot of pieces of a lot of things, but we are not a pure democracy, not even close. A pure democracy will destroy the country. No, only only locally, as I said, and otherwise we're a representative republic. Yes, but a representative republic can be seen as a species of democracy, so you use the more general term sometimes. Yeah, the only problem with using the general term is then people get confused and they don't understand the difference and they don't understand the importance of the difference. It's not just a word game. It's a fundamental understanding of our responsibility and how we work through representation and that, look, the supreme law is not just debated by everybody every day. We've agreed to a platform of stability, a platform of the division of powers, a platform of guidelines that let us be independent and free. We have a dual sovereignty between the states and the general government with different 
delegated responsibilities. It's a complete organizational reality designed to prevent too much power from going to too few people. That's a, that, I couldn't put that any better, Sam. And what we're finding today is that too many laws are made as administrative state rules that have the effect of laws, and none of us have discussed them. Our representatives don't study them or pass them. They're passed out of agencies. Ladies and gentlemen, I study them because I believe that's the way back. We cannot expect to be ignorant and free. won't work. We got to understand the proper role of limited constitutional government. We've got to understand our role, and we must insist on the checks and balances vertically and horizontally. We must only allow them to carry out what we've delegated to them via the contract. And anything else is considered criminal activity, ladies and gentlemen. When they act out, act outside of the delegated responsibilities, they're on their own as criminals against the contract, against the system. Now, how harsh those criminal penalties need to be depends on what they're doing. Uh, but I'm telling you, we can't just act like because they're elected or because they're appointed or because they're in some program or, or, or government agency that they can do whatever they want to. That's not the vision of the founders. They'd be turning over in their graves, Richard. Yes, I, I agree, Sam. What I found is uh, I agree. All right. As you've written these two volumes, I'm sure, you, you know, who learns the most, they always say the teacher learns the most, right? Uh, what did you learn or what do you, you feel like are the, are the key takeaway things you've learned as you've written both of these volumes and studied this for as long as you have? Um, that it took, it took every sort of different person from blacksmiths to farmers to carpenters to uh, merchants to, to fight for the revolution and the common idea of liberty. But power, the accumulation of power, is always pressuring a government like our own. It's always, it's always growing, uh, the concentration of power. And it's on display in Washington, D.C. today. And the way back is for each of us truly to have self-introspection about where do we stand? Are we jealously guarding our liberties? Do we understand the way our country was designed to operate? Are we willing to stand up in the culture war and insist that they carry out our consent? Are we willing to be engaged or are we going to say, oh, it's religions and politics. We don't talk about that. Uh, we're going to have to have a seat change in our actions as we approach this. Why? Hey, what are we going to be? Devolve into a peer democracy, into a socialist, um, communist state? Or are we going to have a constitutional republic as our founders intended? Uh, this is a question that every American must decide. And sadly, they better decide quickly because the choice is slipping away, Richard. Yeah, I, I think that's true, too, Sam. I think the, the power held uh, in the administrative state in Washington, D.C. is approached a critical level. level. And as I state in the, at the end of the book, we have to discover whether our representative government controls the administrative state or the administrative state controls our representative government making it no longer representative. I leave a pause there uh, intentionally for um, us to really consider. Uh, these are weighty matters, ladies and gentlemen. They're not for the faint-hearted. But I submit to you that we, the people, have been absolutely brilliant uh, in history. When we've faced hard problems, when we've faced situations that we think are unsolvable, we, the people, I submit to you with the healthy grace of the Almighty, have been able to solve them. And I'm convinced we can do it again. And I believe in a bright future for America. 
Richard, thank you so much for your time, sir. Godspeed. Thanks for your work. Thank you. I really RichardCLions.com, everybody. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Another earthquake struck Mexico early Thursday morning. A preliminary magnitude of 6.8 was centered in the western state of Michoacan near the Pacific coast, causing buildings to sway and leaving at least one person dead in Mexico City. Alleging a widespread effort to manipulate property valuations by former President Trump, three of his children, and their company, New York Attorney General Democrat Letita James announced Wednesday her office is suing them for $250 million and an end to their operation in the state. Former Attorney General Bill Barr calls it a political hit job. President Biden declared at the United Nations on Wednesday that Russia had shamelessly violated the core tenets of the international body with its war in Ukraine. The 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals overturned a prohibition against the Justice Department investigating classified documents taken from President Trump's Florida home. This will allow the Department of Justice to resume reviewing the records. The three-panel decision said they could find no personal interest for Trump in documents marked classified and no evidence in the record that he had declassified them as president. Chairman Powell speaks after the Fed hikes interest rates by three-quarters of a percent to fight inflation on Wednesday. Powell indicated inflation could be around for another couple of years. Today, the FOMC raised its policy interest rate by three-quarters of a percentage point, and we anticipate that ongoing increases will be appropriate. We are moving our policy stance purposefully to a level that will be sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2%. The Mars InSight lander has detected seismic and acoustic waves created when four very small meteors impacted the surface of the red planet. USA Radio News. This week on the Greenstock Journal, we're looking at public companies dedicated to environmentally friendly alternative energy sources. Blue Biofuels, trading under the symbol BIOF, has developed and patented a technology that can convert ordinary plant materials such as king grass, sugarcane, bagasse, and farm waste into sugars that are used to create ethanol and sustainable aviation fuels. Blue Biofuels does this in a CO2-neutral and environmentally friendly manner. With the Ukraine war leading to grain shortages and record high corn prices, Blue Biofuels offers an alternative to corn-based ethanol by using plant-based waste. There are limitations in the amount of corn available for fuel, whereas there is sufficient plant-based feedstock suitable for the BIOF process to replace half the fossil fuels used in the U.S. Technologies like Blue Biofuels could be the answer that brings about a biofuels revolution, producing billions of gallons a year, making green energy production finally a reality. Do your research now on BIOF. For more on this story, visit GreenStockJournal.com. This week on the Greenstock Journal. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Pete Sapp of the National Taxpayers Union. He's president, and he used to be just, uh, you know, working for their press uh, side of things. But, man, 
I've been with him for a long time, 25 plus years. We've been reporting on the radio, telling the truth and helping people understand how to make taxes perform their proper role. Pete Seb, welcome back, sir. Great to be here, as always. All right, I love it. I'm looking at your press releases, and you guys launched a holiday billboard? Oh, yes, all kinds of things that we've been doing. Uh, We've had billboards going on um, in key states of U.S. senators who we had hoped would resist the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. A couple of them did. One obviously didn't and um, managed to push that over the uh, top by one vote, a tie-breaking vote by Vice President Harris. But uh, we're not done yet. In fact, uh, just this morning, we have released uh, an interesting paper sort of busting the myths of folks who say there are myths about the new $80 billion in IRS funding that the Inflation Reduction Act called for. The fact is, a lot more people with the IRS are going to be hired, and taxpayers should be very concerned about that. The NTO wrote an, NTU wrote an incredible column by Damian Brady, uh, which basically is entitled, What the IRS's New Enforcement Budget Means for Taxpayers. Uh, let's start there. Pete, what does it mean? It means upwards of 80,000, even more, new IRS employees. And, you know, a lot of things have been making the mainstream media rounds lately saying, well, Republicans have it wrong. Conspiracy theorists who say that this $80 billion of new funding over 10 years for the IRS, that's not going to allow them to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. That's a myth. It's an obscure report that someone seized upon uh, deep inside the Treasury. And really, uh, when you look at all the attrition at the IRS, uh, this money is really just going to go toward replacing a lot of personnel. And you may not see more than, say, another 10 or 20,000 additional IRS employees. We're here to say that is dead wrong. We have found the information that Treasury has published in what's called the American Families Plan Tax Compliance Initiative. And uh, that is laying out the case of full-time equivalent employees for expanding the IRS under an $80 billion increase. And you can actually read the table. We have reproduced it in our own publication. And it says right here, the number of full-time equivalent IRS employees that they hope to hire. And it does come out to 86,852 full-time equivalent employees over the next decade. That would be on top of, not as a net figure, the number of people that they hope to replace who are retiring anyway. These would be net new hires. And, uh, Those in the media who are saying we have nothing to fear about this, they're dead wrong. What can we do about it? Can we stop it? A lot of people are just feeling disenfranchised. I don't mean to be negative, but I want, you know, people to really realize people are feeling like there's just nothing I can do, Pete. I think that's not true. Yeah, there are. But I want want to make this case. What can we do? There are quite a number of things. For one, Uh, Congress failed to put any guardrails on the $80 billion in IRS funding. 
we are already working behind the scenes with Republicans and Democrats. You heard that right, folks, Democrats who are concerned about making sure that the civil rights of taxpayers are protected throughout this process. We're going to resurrect what is called the IRS Oversight Board. Uh, That was a concept we lobbied for back in the late 1990s. The board went dormant because nominees to the board sat in Congress and were not approved. Well, we're going to design a new process so that the board will be up and functioning will be able to oversee the way the IRS spends and manages its money as well as its employees. That's one step. Another step has to do with the appropriations process itself. If the IRS is going to get $80 billion from this Inflation Reduction Act over 10 years, the most misnamed bill I think I've seen in this Congress, okay, that means that subsequent appropriations over the next 10 years should reflect reductions in IRS spending. After all, if they are already getting $80 billion, why should we be giving them more increases on top of that? We're talking about basically doubled funding for the IRS. $80 billion over 10 years would, at the end of the 10-year period, leave them with twice the money that they have now. That ought to be sufficient. The appropriations process, the annual budget process should not add more on top of that. We're already enlisting members of Congress who agree with us in that respect. There's a whole lot more going on, in fact, in court that we may be able to do to make sure that the IRS watches its P's and Q's when it's engaging in enforcement activities. We may actually be able to get a test case into the Supreme Court that will finally turn back this absurd notion that the Constitution allows retroactive tax laws. That has been a pain in our side for decades, and we think we have a pathway to finally uphold the Constitution's prohibition on ex post facto laws and apply it to tax law. Folks, wouldn't that be huge? Wouldn't that be a breath of fresh air, ladies and gentlemen? Look, we can make a difference. It's about letting our fellow Americans know, and then it's about uniting and getting involved in solutions. NTU.org wants to be your partner at every level, ladies and gentlemen. So look, when they tell you that the IRS, there'll be no harm here, they're wrong. I'm calling for abolition of the IRS completely. We're not there yet. We're trying to prevent them from doubling the money to them. Now, they can blame it on Democrats. But it's really the deep state against us. It's Democrats and Republicans that are promoting the IRS, and it's Democrats and Republicans that are opposing the IRS. It's really an us-against-the-deep-state plan uh, right now, but we ought not fall for the Republican-Democrat divide. We can work together to fix it and prevent the deep state from abusing us all. Uh, That's the real fight, right, Pete? Yeah, it absolutely is. Let's remember that some of the biggest cheerleaders for increased IRS funding are indeed Republicans. I hate to say that, but uh, if you take a look at the records in Congress, uh, they believe that a bigger IRS budget, at least some of them do, they believe that that will somehow net more revenues to the federal government by uh, hiring more agents to go audit more people and collect more money. And that's a way to get more revenues into the Treasury without actually having to raise tax rates. Uh, let's also remember 
that some of the biggest supporters of a higher IRS budget within the IRS are Commissioner Chuck Reddick himself and his chief counsel, both of whom were appointed by Donald Trump. So, folks, we're not here to attack anybody. We are here to highlight the reality. And we're here to focus on solutions. And don't fall for these divides that take out half of your fighting base is the point. We can all work together. Anybody who's really willing to to reduce taxes, to create transparency and accountability, they are your friend. Even if you don't agree on 20 things, if you agree on three, work on the three that you agree on and hope that over time opens up discussions for the next one or two, or three, or five, or 50, or whatever. I've got good news to share from the NTU as well. Listen to this. The NTU applauds Senate passage of No Corruption Act. Thomas Aiello with the piece on NTU.org. Pete, what do you say? This is something to celebrate, right? It certainly is. The No Corruption Act is an important law that will hold members of Congress who break the law accountable directly and financially. One of the problems we have had over quite a number of years is ensuring that taxpayers don't fund the retirement pensions of members of Congress who commit serious crimes. Way back in 2007, when Democrats took over the House of Representatives, Speaker Nancy Pelosi promised that there would be an ethical house cleaning. And they passed uh, the HILOGA, which is uh, a long acronym for the Honest Leadership and Open Government Act. And uh, in that bill, there were contained a number of provisions that would, for the first time, deprive members of Congress of their pensions if they committed certain offenses of their public office, like bribery or extortion or conspiracy. Well, the problem is, There were so many loopholes in that law, so many things that they could get away with, and so many things they could do while they were members, it had to be tightened. This new law further tightens it. Ladies and gentlemen, Pete Sepp with us, president of National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org. They want to be your partner with all things relating to responsible and appropriate limited taxation. Hang tight, Pete, seven seconds on your radio. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries.
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. National Taxpayers Union applauds Senate passage of No Corruption Act. Wow. Thomas Aiello with the details online at NTU.org. But Pete Sepp, president of NTU, with us uh, talking about this. This is something most Americans don't even realize was being worked on, right? That's right, and it's taken a lot of work to get to this point, Sam. We have been following this issue, as I said before the break, uh, for some 20 years now, and it took until 2007 to get legislation passed that was supposedly going to start clamping down on this practice of rewarding law-breaking members of Congress with taxpayer-funded pensions. Too many loopholes in that law, unfortunately, Too many loopholes in a 2012 law that were supposed to close the 2007 loopholes. And so now uh, we have the No Corruption Act. This bill is, in fact, one of what we call our no-brainers list of bipartisan legislation that members of Congress ought to be able to pass and cooperate on. In fact, we just released 12 more no-brainers barely a week ago. And um, there's a pretty good response from members of Congress who are saying, you know, maybe we can work together on these things. And I think that that kind of cooperation is contagious. If you're able, as you said earlier in the show, Sam, to agree on three things out of 20, well, good. Start there. And you just might find that once you do that, there are other things you can agree on. And it's a snowball effect and a very beneficial one for taxpayers. Uh, This no-brainers list uh, for this year, we've done them every year for more than a decade, contains bills uh, spanning tech and telecom, health care, tax policy. They all have bipartisan support. And that's the important thing in uh, this day and age when members of Congress say they can't work together. We don't believe that. There's legislation on the table right now that Democrats and Republicans support and could pass if the leadership would simply get out of their way and hold votes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the No Corruption Act, what was the, what was the reality on that? Who was, who was for it in general and against in terms of numbers? There's a great deal of support for No Corruption Act. I would say upwards of three-quarters of members of Congress 
would vote for it. And uh, they certainly did when it came up uh, in the Senate. Uh, it was uh, no contest at all. What the problem, of course, is that uh, leaders in Congress, the majority leader, the minority leader uh, and the like, they worry about bills getting brought up that might put them in an embarrassing spotlight. And I would counter by saying, well, actually, the embarrassment is that you're continuing to collect pensions at taxpayer expense from people who've broken the law. And this would fix that. So if you don't want to be embarrassed anymore, you should pass this bill rather than resist it. And uh, I think many members of Congress, including the leadership, are getting that message. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there's also a new National Taxpayers Union poll out, and it shows that taxpayers oppose $3.5 trillion reconciliation plan, and they also oppose the energy tax hike provisions. This is huge. Where's the mainstream press to tout this poll, Pete? Yeah, uh, by two-to-one margins or more. Uh, individuals uh, in various states across the country and households are saying, wait a minute, uh, this $3.5 trillion Build Back Better plan with the energy taxes it contained, were going to, those were going to be a disaster for uh, our own way of life, our households. Um, contained in the original Build Back Better plan was what was called a methane fee, uh, basically a tax on the methane content of most energy. And what that would mean in a practical sense is that your home heating bills, your uh, electricity bills, if powered by natural gas, um, the gasoline you put into your uh, tank when you fill up, all of that would contain a hidden tax buried inside it. Now, the Inflation Reduction Act that subsequently passed does not really have the same kind of tax in there but the problem is, even though the Build Back Better plan, that $3.5 trillion plan, has failed, even though the Inflation Reduction Act passed with a lower tax level in it than we had uh, been worrying about, there are still members of Congress who think that we need to tax energy at a higher rate. Elizabeth Warren, senator from Massachusetts, is one of them. She has a plan that would tax the so-called windfall profits of energy companies. Well, fine, that's one of the oldest tricks in the book. You say tax a big company when what you're really doing uh, when you do that is taxing shareholders, you're taxing the consumers, you're taxing the workers of those companies. Those types of taxes on so-called big corporations just get passed along to all the rest of us. That's how it works. The Congressional Budget Office, Congress's own scorekeeping agency, acknowledges that. They say you raise taxes on business, anywhere from 20 to 40 percent of it is simply passed along to all the rest of us. It's not as if businesses can just absorb this and say everything's fine. They have to find others to help shoulder that burden, and others mean us. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. This is serious, and this battle is something that we can all be involved in. And it doesn't have to be a hate-filled battle, ladies and gentlemen. It can be uh, us as statesmen and women literally saying, look, you work for us. You receive your just power from our consent. 
We have delegated different authorities to different entities in government. Uh, There's a dual contract, whatever your state constitution is and your general constitution. Those two in tandem divide power vertically and horizontally. And we need to basically assess each delegated authority that we provided and say, hey, uh, there should be funding for those things. Everything outside of that scope and everything that's uh, not properly managed money ought to be on the table for discussion. So when we talk about the No Corruption Act, when we talk about this poll where taxpayers are opposing all this stuff, look, we're not talking about Republicans and Democrats. We're not talking about a divide-and-conquer plan. We're talking about we the people uniting and saying, hey, we've got to get a handle on our expenditures. I mean, they've just been raising interest rates at the Fed. How much money is that going to cost us uh, in increased taxes just to pay the interest on the debt, Pete? I mean, this alone is huge. Yes, gigantic. You know, and, and for years, decades really, since the, the Clinton era, since uh, the George W. Bush era, borrowing at the federal government level has supposedly been cheap because interest rates have not been that high. And we just simply assumed that year after year, it would stay that way. Uh, Congressional Budget Office and others, though, have been warning, you know, if the Fed starts turning the handle on interest rates, suddenly our government is going to find it much costlier to borrow. And suddenly is now. That's happening. The fact is that we are going to face a trillion dollars a year in federal interest payments very, very soon before this decade is out. A trillion dollars doing nothing but servicing the national debt of the United States of America. We're very close to it already. And when you think that if interest rates go even higher, if we are looking at a situation where they're 8% or 10%, wow, uh, we could be looking at well over a trillion dollars a year in borrowing costs on top of the 20-odd trillion dollars we have already built up in federal debt. Folks, look, it's running off the rails. We have got to um, take responsibility now. We've got to be candid uh, and honest about what we're facing. We uh, leave our children and our grandchildren on the hook for all of this as long as we continue to lie to ourselves and take another drink from the economic bottle of false prosperity, folks. We have got to be accountable in our day, okay? There is no other way, folks. Yeah. Uh, and it can happen. Yes. It can happen, Pete, but we have got to individually think about it. Now, you wrote a column I want to finish on, a new state antitrust lawsuit, and the same questions from taxpayers. People are interested in this stuff, Pete. Yeah, they are. And the the fascinating part of this is I think policymakers don't believe that uh, we the people are sophisticated enough to understand complex issues like mergers and acquisitions and uh, how the tech industry operates and privacy issues and data management issues. Uh, the fact is um, we're actually a lot smarter than many politicians are at these issues, and it shows in the very poorly drafted legislation that we see coming out of Congress, as well as state legislatures, to try to deal with um, how the tech industry operates, to try to deal with reducing the national debt, which I actually misspoke. It's $30 trillion, not 20. My goodness. 
um, it, it just piles up. The same with taxes. We talk about all the technical corrections that have to be made to our tax system every year because members of Congress carelessly draft legislation that they don't know the ultimate impact of. And uh, we need to be much more um, strident in holding our members of Congress accountable for the laws that they draft, not just the laws that they pass and say, look, your, your first principle should be do no harm. If you're not sure that your law is going to improve the well-being of the taxpaying citizens of this country, just don't do it. Wait. Figure out Let what might be go going wrong with it. Ladies and gentlemen, the good news is you've got a friend in the tax accountability, the tax transparency, and the tax appropriation business. National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org. And it's a freely association union, so there's no forced anything. But you can get involved, and they can partner with you at every level to help you understand. They run a think tank for educational opportunities. They run a, a system where they do all kinds of analysis, breakdowns, so that you can see the results. They've got historical represent, uh, relationships to when taxes are reduced, what happens. And the whole idea, ladies and gentlemen, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, set that all aside for a second, is that, you know what, the greatest economic engine has no certain size pie. The pie can get bigger. The more we work and the more we output and the more we prosper, the pie gets bigger. Government can take a teeny bit of that pie, a teeny piece for their proper role of limited government. That's fine. That's great. We love it. The problem is when they get out of proportion, when they eat too big of a piece, we got a problem. That's why we got to partner with NTU.org for solutions. 30 seconds, Pete, final words yours. Everyone out there can be a taxpayer activist. We can show you how from taking a look at your city's budget to going all the way to the federal level and insisting on good tax policy. We can equip you with those tools. You are certainly all capable of doing it, and you should all get involved. If not with us, then on your own, but we hope with us. Visit us online and learn more, ntu.org. Pete, God bless you, sir. Thank you for your work. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. God bless. There he goes, Pete Sepp, everybody, doing a great job for over 25 years on your radio. I'm Sam Bushman. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.